Thank you, Gloria. I surrender all. Did you get that? Beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful hymn. I'm glad you're here. Are you? I'm glad to see you all. We had some who are not with us today, but we pray that they will be fine and we'll see them next time around. I have been questioning the message that I wanted to talk about today for two weeks. And finally, I put on my battle suit and I said, I'm going to preach it. Why we preach the cross? Are you going to be with me today? Why do we preach the cross? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. I will read it. I'm sure Ed will put it on the screen for you. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You know, the Apostle Paul could well have centered his preaching in philosophy, in the Old Testament law, in the prophets, in Jewish traditions and practices, for he was a practicing Jew, and we know it according to the Bible. Or he could have uh, addressed social problems of his society, as we well know that he was an educated man. He was a scholar, but he chose to preach Christ and him crucified. That was his choice. And God blessed his preaching. There are those who say, well, just preach Jesus. But that is not enough. Satan is content with the preacher who proclaims Jesus as a good man. That he went to do good around. He lived here for about 30 years, 33 years on earth. And he did some uh, good things. But this is not enough. Even when they want us to preach uh, that he is the best man who ever lived. This is not enough. If the preacher... Any preacher leaves out the cross and the blood that was shed on that cross for forgiveness of sin, his message is incomplete. His message is ineffective and his message is worthless. The center of Christianity, the center of Our preaching, the center of the Bible, is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he came, and that's why he died on that cross, to save you and save me. The intent of God's heart from the very beginning 
is to save those who are lost. And today, as I said, why do we preach the cross? Well, get ready with me, Christians. We preach the cross out of gratitude. Are you thankful to be a Christian? That's why we proclaim the cross. When we say preach, and you testify about him, you live Jesus Christ, and that's your preaching. Your life is preaching the cross of our Lord Jesus. A pastor told the story about a man, a man and his church who went to the physician in his church who removed the man is in the pastor's church, and he went to a visit physician who removed a skin cancer from his face. The pastor says, few times in life have I seen a man so grateful. He told everyone who would listen how this surgeon has delicately removed the malignant growth from his face and how he healed him from its terror. He would say to a person, I think you would do the same. I would do the same. Do you have a cancer? Do you know anyone who has cancer? I know a surgeon who can make you well. What would you think of a person cured of cancer who would withhold information and hope from another person who is gripped with the same deadly disease. And Christ, through the death on the cross, has provided remedy for a disease far more worse than cancer. No surgeon, and we have doctors amongst us, no surgeon can remove this malignancy. And it's humanly in Curable. You cannot cure it. It is called sin. This is worse than cancer. And the outcome of this disease, you know what? If not cured, and all the science, today's science, did not find yet a cure, correct me, the doctors, a cure, a final cure for cancer. The outcome of this disease today is death, not only in the body, but of the soul. Sin is more dangerous, and that's why we want to talk today about the cross of Jesus Christ. And in view of this danger, what should our attitude toward those who are still in their sins? Are we to stay silent and keep quiet of what Jesus has done for us on his cross? Are we to say, well, it's none of my business? I have Jesus and I'm enjoying him. And leave those who are perishing without Christ. Perish. Die. 
and their disease? What should our response be to everyone we come in touch with during our daily errands? Should we tell them about this great physician? And the Bible says, according to what I read, he is the only universal doctor, the only sure healer, the one who gives medicine and he heals immediately. Should we withhold this information from people we meet on a daily basis? We have a responsibility, don't you? Don't we? Should we keep quiet? He heals in every instance, doesn't he? When you came to him to save you and free you from the bondage of sin, what happened? He told you, go take this medication and come back and see me in two months. No. He gave you a healing, his healing hand and said, Go and sin no more. And you went. And you're here. And you've been living. Some of you two years. Some of you four years. Some of you 15 years. Some of you 20 years. Some of you more than that. 50 or years living. And you never saw that disease again. Yes, we fall and sin. But he is a forgiving God who gives us the second chance every time we fall, right? To those, I say, who have been touched, I hope the majority here, by this wonderful physician, just remember the day you came to him. Just remember that, that moment when you confessed your sins, when you heard these wonderful words from him saying, your sins are forgiven. That's why I died on the cross for you. Your sins are forgiven. And go, as he told the woman who came to him, caught in adultery, you go and sin no more. And that's why, that's why today we are, our hearts are filled with gratitude because he released us. The chains of sin were broken and we are today. Free, free to live for him and honor him and tell the world about this Christ who died on the cross to set us free from sin. Amen? Never forget that day. Never forget the day of your second birthday when you got saved. And oh, what a day that was. There's a story that uh, I read, and I want to share it with you. I, one time, and this is a true, true story, at the city temple in London, there was in the congregation a restaurateur, an owner of a restaurant named Emil Mettler, who was a close friend of Albert Schweitzer and a kind of agent for Schweitzer in Britain, he worked for him. Mettler would never allow a Christian worker, after he got saved,
to pay for a meal in his restaurant. But once he did happen to open his cash register in the presence of the secretary of the London Missionary Society, and the secretary looked at the drawer, and he was astonished to see among the bills and coins a six-inch nail. Six-inch nail. He asked, what was the nail doing here? Mettler explained, I keep this nail with my money to remind me of the price that Christ paid for on the cross for my salvation from sin. I owe him at least this in return. Are we thankful for our salvation? And do you need a reminder so we can show gratitude to our Savior? As I said, my first point was we preach the cross because out of thankfulness, out of gratitude. My second point, we preach the cross because it's a love story. Ah, when I say love story, all the women will say, Dad, Adolf, give us, give us more about love. Okay. Salvation is a love story. The story of the cross is always fresh news. At the same time, this is a story that never grows old, does it? Since Jesus died on the cross of Calvary about over 2,000 years ago, the story is still as good as new today as it were last night or the night before or 20 years before or 2,000 years before. It's still fresh and good. The word of God read and studied with the help of the Holy Spirit opens the hearts and illumines the life of millions on a daily basis. You may read the account of the cross in any of the Gospels. You may memorize parts of the scriptures also. And you can become familiar of, in, of all the contents there. And you read Christ's crucifixion more often than ever. Let me say this. Every time you read the word of God, you will learn something new. Correct me if I'm wrong. You will learn something new. The story of the cross never grows old. Unlike any other book. We read so many books. You know, I read, I read about a book and in two days I forget most of it. I don't know about you, maybe because I'm old, but you, I, I, I read, I read stories and two, three days later, I barely can remember everything. Maybe Bill Murray can remember more than I, but that's okay. He has a good memory, right? If you want to give the gospel to anyone, reach for the story of the cross. As I said, I have my battle suit today. Reach for the story of the cross. 
There is no effective message in the world, in the world as effective as Jesus Christ and him crucified. We heard this morning about the Redeemer. How he did, did he redeem us? By coming and doing the miracles and going around and healing people and setting good examples of a gentleman like here. This is not what he came for. Right, Adam? He did not. He came to save. It was in the mind of God. In the, in the, uh, since eternity, it was there in his plan to come and save people like you and me. And this is the most effective thing, is for Jesus Christ, the thing, to die on, on the cross for you and for me. This is why we preach the cross, because it's a love story. It's a story, it's a fresh story. It's a story that never gets old. It's a love story because what? For God so loved the world. For God so loved you and so loved me. That he gave his only begotten son. It's a story of love toward each and every person. Regardless of creed. Regardless of race. Regardless of uh, color. Regardless of anything. Any person who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. And accepts his work on the cross of Calvary. He is saved. And he becomes what? A child of God. A child of God. Oh, oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful way to think that we are children of God. For God so loved the world. Oh, as the song says, and the hymnal, we say, oh, oh, love of God, how rich and pure. How measureless and how strong it shall forever most endure the saints and angels song. That's that's the love story that we find in the Bible. And the apostle John says, oh, look, look about the love of God. He says, so he can, we can be called the children of God. Isn't that something? That's why we preach the cross. This is what inspired Paul in the ministry. He didn't go toward any other thing. He said, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to live for. And he died for. May it never be, he says in Galatians 6.14. May it never be that I should boast. Except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what, Paul, you want to say more? Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Do we hear about the cross nowadays? I am sad to say that most religious organizations, they preach about anything but the cross of Calvary. The cross nowadays has become a stumbling block. And Paul said it. It's a stumbling block to many. The cross today has been ridiculed. And I read every now and then because someone 
has put a certain cross somewhere. Everybody is, okay, as up in arms. Well, we should not do that. We should be, we should, we should not put, have a, a Christian color. We are a society, a humanistic society. And you know what? I look at the internet every now and then. And yesterday, Friday, Friday, I was looking at the internet and I saw a title. And that came. And that's what encouraged me. to A title that says, God of many names under religion. I said, oh, I want to check it out, see what's this. And it says, short. Representatives from seven world religions gathered in Washington, D.C. I don't know whether you, you saw it uh, Friday. At a rally, and all these religions are meeting to discuss, to end racism and offer prayers and exhortations. Asserting a universality to their beliefs. Intoning that they all, here it is, they all worship the same God, but call him by different names. Take that if you can. I was steaming. And listen to who were there. The seven world religions represented were Hinduism, Zoroatrianism, I cannot even pronounce it. Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Church of Latter-day Saints, and Sikhims. The Sikhims. And a female cleric at the end stood, who was most probably presiding. We all worship the one and the same creator God, though in different ways. How would you like Paul to address this one? How would you like him to address it? He'd be fuming. And we should be fuming here. Not all roads lead to Rome. Not all roads lead to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no mention of Christ. I mean, seven major religions. There is no mention of Jesus Christ. Let alone the cross. There is no mention of the gospel. There is no mention of anything pertaining to the Bible. You know, they want to, a, to end racism. Is this what God sends us, sent the disciples for? Go to the whole world and end racism? They're changing the word of God. Go ye to the world, preach, teach, and baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Peter stood, when Peter stood and talked to all the Pharisees and all these teachers in Acts chapter 4, I, it just came to my mind. He said to them, There is salvation in no one else. There is only one God. Let me tell you this. 
There is only one God and one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not all religions worship Jesus Christ because he's God. Not all religions accept that he died on the cross of Calvary. Not all religions, religions accept that he died and rose on the, thir- on the third day. Because all other religions, they don't have a living God except Jesus Christ, Christianity itself. And Christianity, they're lowering down, they're lowering down the standard of Christianity to the level of all other religions. So we can be all equal, we can go, we can reach the same God by our means. No. No. This is why This is why I have my battle suits on. He says there is salvation in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. Why do we preach the cross? Because there is salvation in the cross. Can you believe that? That was on the internet. Just to end racism. You know, Jesus Christ ended racism since a long time. Paul Rice, he says, there is no Jew, there is no Greek, there is no colors, there is no nationalities. Jesus Christ saves them all. And he came to save each and every one. He has no favoritism. They're way behind, 2,000 years behind, but they have no other subject because they do not want to accept Jesus Christ and his cross as the Savior of the world. My last word. We preach cross because he is the only means of salvation. The night before Jesus died, and you know it, on the cross, he prayed, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let's discuss what passed from me. In other words, he said, If there be any other possible means by which people may be saved, well, from their sins, then let this bitter cup of crucifixion pass by me. That's the interpretation. God answered that prayer the next day, by putting his son to die on the cross of Calvary. The answer was, there is no other means. There is no other way. All through the ages, many have offered other means to be saved. Thousands, here listen, thousands, according According to the historical, nowadays, travel agencies, airlines, thousands yearly travel to the Holy Land to visit Bethlehem, right? Others travel to Rome to visit the Basilica. And millions take road to Mecca to find all of them, to find a savior. In vain, let me tell you, in vain they try. Because there is no other means of salvation than Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Did I tire you with that? Well, I don't get tired from the cross. It doesn't grow old. There is none other name. As Peter said, there is none other name. And let our motto today and every day be, for I am not ashamed. This is the words of Paul in Romans. For I am not ashamed. Romans 1.16 Of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. In other words, it's open to every person under the sun. With God, there is no favoritism. God sent his son to die for whosoever believes in him. From any background, any culture, any nationality, any religion, for whosoever believes on him shall never perish, but has everlasting life. Thanks for the cross of Calvary. Thanks for Jesus Christ who died, who was buried, who on the third day rose again. And he, we, we worship a living Savior. All other religions cannot offer any living God at all. They're all, they're all now dust. Right? They're dust. Except the Lord Jesus Christ. An empty tomb is there to prove my Jesus lives. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Do you have this Christ as your Savior? That's my question. Do you have him? Is he your God? Have you come to the cross once in your life and asked him to forgive you from your sins? If there's someone here in the audience who's still not sure about that, struggling in sin, burdened, feeling that he or she is lost. And all the religions in the world did not help you. And all what you're doing is not bringing any peace to your heart. I offer you Jesus and him crucified. And who said, forgive them. For they didn't know what they're doing. That was on the cross. And he came to give you Salvation from sin. You can, at, at your, well, on your seat, Lord Jesus, I take you as my Savior this very moment. Don't leave this place before you give him your heart and you ask him to save you from sin. And he will. Our Father, we are thankful that we can still preach freely your word. May you Revive our hearts, not to be ashamed, but to boast with our Jesus and him crucified. Help each and every person to live this life, Lord, 
and to go to school tomorrow, to go to our workplace, to go to wherever, to our families, wherever we go, and to tell them what Christ has done to save our souls. Bless each and every one. And as we go home, give us a safe journey home, Lord. And dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.